0: Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shurtleff. This show is heard on WBCQ every Tuesday and Friday evenings at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, although the times do change every so often, so um, <clears throat> you may want to double-check that. And not only can you pick it up on WBCQ at a Monticello, Maine, but you can also, uh, with a shortwave, so you can also get it on our automatic page, just go to Podomatic.com and put in Camp Constitution. You can also find it on our YouTube channel uh, every so often. Uh, we we don't put every show up, but we put a lot of the shows, uh, we think, and I'll probably think I'm going to put this one on. It's brought to you by Camp Constitution, which, among all things, runs a week-long family camp, and the next camp will be this year, um, July 19th to the 24th in beautiful Singing Hills, Christian Camp and Retreat Center in Plainfield, New Hampshire, which is just a little south of West Lebanon. A beautiful venue. You can check out Singing Hills Christian Camp and show to see what the venue is. Now, this show I'm going to uh, dedicate to Dr. Clarence Gamble. Now, who was this guy, Dr. Clarence Gamble? Well, Dr. Gamble was the heir to the Procter and Gamble fortune. He was the grandson of Clarence Gamble, one of the co-founders. Uh, he traveled around the world promoting um, sterilization, eugenics, and birth control. He eventually made his way to greater Boston. He, was a, he taught at the Harvard School of Public Health. He also lived in the town of Milton, Massachusetts. Nice little, uh, kind of a well-to-do town just outside of Boston, except actually just right across the the Ponset River, and then you have Milton, and he was also a very close colleague of Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, and when this show airs uh, on uh, Tuesday, but um, Monday will be the celebration of the birthday of Martin Luther King, who was known to be this great civil rights uh, advocate and, but few people know that he was the first recipient of the margaret Sanger award nineteen sixty six Sanger had died at sometime either earlier in 66 sixty six or 65, and there were a number of uh, a handful of people who were received the first margaret Sanger award They included Lyndon Johnson, Lyndon Johnson, who was president who was a big supporter of uh birth control, uh, and so was Martin Luther King. And so getting, but I, I, the reason why he was promoting that was uh, something called the Negro Project, which I'll get into in a few minutes, but I want to go back to Clarence Gamble and, um, and um, <clears throat> Margaret Sanger. Uh, I was aware of this letter dated December tenth, nineteen 1939 that was addressed to that came from Margaret Sanger and uh, sent to Dr. Gamble at his home in uh, Milton. And I'm, <clears throat> I'm familiar with the neighborhood. So it would have been uh, in November 30th of 2018, I visited the neighborhood along with my good friend and Camp Constitution uh, instructor and colleague, Reverend Stevie Craft. And we were across the street from the home. Now, I don't know who lives in this house now. It probably uh, has no connection to uh, the Gamble family, although he did have five children, and I don't know if there's still some family members that may own that, but that's really not so relevant. I just wanted to give a a sense of authenticity to the letter. Anyway, the the letter um, was by Margaret Sanger, and I'm going to read some of it. it's actually the I actually on uh, me well, anyway. We did a video uh, with Reverend Kraft reading this letter and making this commentary. It's on our YouTube channel, Cam Constitution, and it was interesting that just uh, a short distance from this house was the birthplace of George H. W. Bush. And I let Reverend Kraft know it's a private residence. It's not a museum. And it was just sort of a coincidence that H.W. died that day. He died, uh, we did the video in the morning, late morning, and he died sometime that late afternoon uh, in Texas. And then I thought, you know, Prescott Bush was one of these insider Republicans. He was a skull and bonesman like his son and grandson. And I'm thinking, I wonder if he had any connection to Dr. Gamble. And I discovered that Prescott Bush, which you can go online and find out pretty easily, was the first treasurer of Planned Parenthood. Now, it was known as the Birth Control League, and then at some point, I think it was in the early 40s, uh, 40 or 41, that it became Planned Parenthood, and it was headquartered in New York City. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I was just speculating that uh, I think these two men must have known each other, and they were, no doubt, colleagues, and I was hoping to find some documentation. So uh, Now, I've been meaning to do this for a while, and things get busy, so I finally t- took the time to visit the uh, Clarence Gamble Papers, or the archive, which is at the Harvard, uh, school, the Harvard Medical School Library. And I this was last week. I had a chance to look at the papers. And there were three files, uh, folders. There were so many folders. In the, I don't know, maybe 20 folders in each file. And I spent about three hours there. I could have spent more time. I did not find any connection, at least in the documents that I looked at. And it was mostly correspondence. There was some birth control review uh, magazines. There was a couple of other... Um, uh, pamphlets and things like that, uh, but there was um, but there was any mention of uh, of Prescott Bush. But I actually found some things that were quite fascinating, quite interesting, and one of them was the original letter that was sent to Gamble. It was three pages typed on notepaper, paper, um, like a stationary notepaper, sort of a small. Now, the one that you'll see, the one that I copied that I had was something from the Sanger Library, and the Sanger Library was um, her papers at Smith College, which is in Northampton, Massachusetts, about an hour and a half from me here in Boston. So I'm going to share some of this stuff, and what I've done is I took about 70 pictures, maybe a few more, with my cell phone camera, which came out pretty good. I just took pictures of the letters. None of this stuff, to my knowledge, uh, with the exception of another copy of the Sanger letter, has been made available to the public. So I took the letters, pic- took pictures of them, and I put them on my, well I should say, I put them on my Facebook page, Hal Shurtleff, but I also put them on Camp Constitution's Facebook page as a uh, as an album. So it makes it easier for people who want to do the research you know you can download you can download uh, the pictures uh, and you know where where you think you could use them. Like I say, there was about seventy, maybe a little less than that. But one, I say, the most damning one was the the first one, just dated December tenth, and uh, it just says it's good to know that you are. This is uh, to Doctor Gamble by Mrs. Um, Margaret Sanger. And she's just doing some small talk here, but that uh, second paragraph, as to my sending suggestions to the Federation, that's the Birth Control Federation, I think it is really unfair for me to contact the different reactions. It only holds up definite project to have the pros and cons batted about, which makes for more chaos and confusion. And then the second page. Uh, let's see here okay it's page two which is where the more damning part of the uh i'm accessing it on my computer and it's a little dark uh here we go okay there is only one thing that i would like to be in touch with and that is the negro project of the south which if the execution of the details remain in miss rosa's hands My suggestions will not be confusing because she knows the way my mind works. Now, let me just comment. Ms. Reportis is Florence Rose, and she was the liaison to the uh, black community. Ms. Rose sent me a copy of your letter of December 5th, and I note that you doubt it worthwhile to employ a full-time Negro physician. It seems to be from my experience where I have been in North Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, and Texas, that while the colored Negroes, that, this is very interesting because you use the term colored Negroes as if they're white Negroes or non-colored Negroes. The, white, the colored Negroes have great respect for white doctors that can get closer to their own members. Oh, um, they, oh okay, so the, she's saying the, the, colored, the colored Negroes have great respect for white doctors they, she should have put a comment there. They can get closer to their own members and more or less lay their cards on the table, which means their ignorance, superstitions, and doubts. They do not do this with the white people. And if we can train the Negro doctor at the clinic, he can go among them with enthusiasm and with knowledge, which I believe will have far-reaching results among the colored people. His work, in my opinion, should be entirely with the Negro profession, and the nurse, hospital, social workers, as well as the county's white doctors. His success will depend upon his personality and his training by us. The minister's work is also important and also should be trained, perhaps, by the Federation as to our ideals and the goal that we hope to reach. And I point this out. I'm pointing out, I'm making my comment here. She's talking about clergy members. And so the goal was to attract black doctors and members of the clergy to promote the goals and uh, they were I would say that she's been successful successful beyond her wildest imagination because the population the black population of the United States has been pretty much stable at 13% because of the mainly due to the high amount of abortion there are some cities where there's more black babies aborted than they're actually born. I think New York City being one of them. Okay, so getting back to the letter, the ministers' work is also important and also should be trained, perhaps by the federation, as to ideals and the goal that we hope to reach. We do not want word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population, and the minister is the man who can straighten out that idea if it were if it ever occurs to any of their more rebellious members. Now. Some people have taken this to say that they did indeed want to exterminate the Negro population. Um, I don't believe she was advocating extermination. She was advocating uh, uh, birth control and a a vast reduction of the Negro population, but I don't think she was advocating outright extermination. But she mentioned the rebellious members of those uppity, you know, the the old... uh, Redneck uh, types would say the uppity niggers, you know, that get out of hand, and we got to keep them in line. And this is what I would call the white elitist racism. That they know what's best. These white leftists know what's best for the poor black, and they're they're really where they're where their friends. And most of these people who support this agenda, way back in Prescott Bush, he supported the Civil Rights Act. He was a big supporter of Martin Luther King, and they support all of the leftist goals, uh, more welfare and more government programs, and at the same time, they promote their their um, population to be controlled. I agree with you that Miss Rose has done a remarkable job in thinking through and planning the project, but she has worked on it for some time. As soon as I know there was possibility of getting any money, I put it at work drafting the plan for Mr. Lackner. She' excellent at just such a job. She hangs on the details, weaves, and correlates them in design and I actually did a little research i had, there's not a whole lot about uh Florence Rose, although her papers are in the uh, also at the library in um, um Smith College in northampton okay so uh Okay, so the, it just ends with some small talk about him getting better. He's a, he was some, had some health issues. Uh, but there was some correspondence before that, which I thought quite fascinating. And um, again, uh, and all these letters are up there on the site here. Now, this is a letter dated, uh, oh, this is actually 1955, so I'm kind of going out a little bit. So the project started in 1939. And this is a letter that, she, that Mrs. Sanger received from Lydia Allen de Vilbis, MD. In reply to your letter of January 27th, the Little Bayview Clinic here on one one two five seven Third Street, Sarasota, Florida, has ordered a case of the Duraform for their Negro patients. Durex sent me a sample, a second sample, which I gave to the local director, Sarasota County Health Unit. Dr. Wright was in, so impressed in his consulting the physicians when we were working with this. He also said we should see the something Board of Health Department director, and possibly we could interest other county health clinics to investigate this product by a trial in other counties. Our Negro birth rate is too high, also, maternal death rate. So they're saying uh, this Dura Durex or Durafoam, it was a. Um, i don 't think it 's on the market anymore, and it may not have ever been put on the market for I know i couldn 't find anything about it, but this was a a, a efficient spermicide that was used to uh, basically they were experimenting on these blacks in uh, Sarasota. This really should get people ticked off I'll be here they are you know that 's not the first time they 've done that. They did that project with the um, the Tuskegee Institute there was a group of black men from I think the project started in the 30s and ended in the 60s and basically these poor guys thought they were being treated for various venereal diseases and they weren't they were given a placebo and it was just to see who got better and what happened to them what have you It was just um, just tragic how these things happen so so I I think that is one of the more damning letters And like I say, I have these letters on my my, uh, Camp Constitution's um, Facebook page. Uh, Then she goes on, uh, Margaret Sanger, okay, um, let's see, okay, I'm trying to find the right uh, letter here because uh, I'm not able to look at the whole thing at the same time, so I got to go through each letter. And again, you can find these on Camp Constitution's Facebook page. You can find all of these letters. Well, let me just go into some of the letters that that I, instead of reading them, i just going to, one of the letters, she's writing to Gamble, and she's lamenting that she doesn't really think she's accomplished much, uh, because, uh, and this would be from the early 50s, she can hear the screaming and shrills of children on school playgrounds. And this particular letter I had was under it was some pencil underlining i don 't know who did that, but it was kind of shocking where uh, what was she expecting school playgrounds to be quiet have no no uh, no sounds whatsoever and I just thought, "Wow, you talk about these white elitists it was all, They also were very active in India in Japan, and um, Clarence was trying to get Margaret to get the um, the uh, Nobel Peace Prize, and there were a lot of letters that were being sent uh, from by Clarence to various uh, well-known officials who must have something to do with the voting of the Nobel Peace Prize, or those who advocate, including a letter to um, the famous English atheist. Um, uh, what's his name? Why, why I'm not a Christian. You know, come to me, uh, anyway. Uh, urging her, uh, urging her to, that she should be uh, made head of the. Um, uh, Bertrand Russell—that's his name—to be head of uh, to be uh, given the Nobel Prize. Now, here's a letter from 1940, February 1940. Thanks for your uh, thank you, for yours of February 1st about Dr. Kink and Dr. Pierce. It closes a copy of my letter to Mr. Kellogg. I hope that it will what I said about your interest in mine represents what we both feel. And let me just come down here. Oh I know what it was. They were um I won't I've just kind of I'll, I won't read it verbatim but I will kind of review it. What they were saying is that their field doctor was using the money some of the money they were getting for general medical issues not just birth control. And Sanger didn't think it was a good idea. Uh what that money should be used strictly for birth control for the negroes. And the doctor in the field said, well, look, he said, basically, if we offer them other services, the college will come flocking to our clinic. So in other words, let's get them in there on a different bait and switch. And we'll get these people starting to get their their birth control. And there was um, other uh, letters where they were, uh, it was interesting, too, uh, that there was a Japanese doctor that had invited them. General MacArthur would not have her in Japan with birth control. Now just re- just think, uh, World War II, millions of people were killed. Populations have been decimated, diminished. And here they are promoting birth control in Germany and other countries in Western Europe and England and India and also Japan. They lost a lot of men, yet not enough. We still have too many people being born according, according to them. Uh, so MacArthur realized that this would be uh, they would Japanese would look at it as a real negative thing. What you, you want? You think there are too many of us? You want us to have a, have us wiped out? So, um, but Margaret was such an arrogant individual. She wanted to meet the emperor. You know, she thought it was, it was important enough. She wanted to meet the emperor. So um, anyway, and there was also some uh, some of the files may have been missing because it would be you know file three and then file five. I said, "Where's file four? You know, it's not there." So I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know if there were some things. I thought they would definitely pull this letter um, out—the letter that was that came to her. Um, They also talked about a. um, Here I got I got some of these. These are better. Oh, they talked about the Puerto Rican project, where they. they had uh, Puerto Rican women take the abortion pill. Now the pill was something that was being developed. Uh, Dr. Sanger, uh, his major thrust was to uh, deal with spermicides and anything that would be used for birth control, diaphragms and things like that. So the pill, something that was known as the pill, didn't come on the market for a while, but they were experimenting with it in Puerto Rico. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, there was about 250, 260 uh, or so Puerto Rican women that were that was being used. And I, let me get so I've got some more Negro Project letters here. Let me just um, read these two. Like I say, there were about 70, uh, 70 letters. And Sanger also spent a lot of time in Mexico where she was promoting abor- uh, the. Uh, ab- now I don't say abortion. I know Planned Parenthood became the largest promoter of abortion in the United States and perhaps the world, but at this point they were strictly dealing with birth control. Uh, Abortion was still illegal up until, let's see, it was made legal in California thanks to Governor Reagan, Ronald Reagan in 67 or 68. In New York State under Nelson Rockefeller made it legal and then roe versus wade infamous roe versus wade that basically struck down all of the state's laws against abortion good old supreme court always rely on them to do the right thing so um so here's a letter from uh, clarence gamble uh, and actually one would ask why north and south carolina does not already give such information and supplies it to their colored people and this would be birth control uh, information And while I have a great respect for Dr. Cooper, Norton Similis, I do not believe that his project be directed or run by white medical men. The Federation should direct it with the guidance and assistance of the colored group, perhaps particularly and especially fortified for that formed for that purpose. I hope these few words will not cause you to worry, but doubtless you have become philosophical and feel that those on the job at 501, that's an address in Manhattan, had best run the show. And what's interesting, just this, uh, these, this correspondence—it almost lacked. it seemed to be very little, little friendship. But it was all business. Every time, oh, I'm, I'm glad you're feeling better, but it was just business. You know, this is what we want to do. We got too many black people in the in the country, in the world. We got too many of other these other groups, so we have to deal with this as quickly as we can. And let me see what I got here. Okay, so I got. Uh, Oh, oh, Arkansas, yeah. Uh, This was a letter sent by the Arkansas Eugenics Association, and it was also referenced to sterilization. Now, sterilization happened in this country before it happened in Nazi Germany because it was done here in the 20s. States, Numerous states had laws where certain people were sterilized. In some cases, people were very normal but it was supposed to be for imbecile, what they consider imbeciles, the people not fit. And this is where the eugenics came in. The eugenics movement was to, uh, I think they used the term racial hygiene. And it was, what's interesting is that a lot of these people who were well-known leftists, um, they're still regarded. Uh, you know, they're, They've long since passed away, but they're still highly regarded in certain circles. And this part is sort of swept under the table. We know that these, in all of these people, there might have been a couple of exceptions where people of the far left. Almost everyone. I mentioned Prescott Bush. He was a Republican, but he was an establishment leftist. He wasn't a conservative. And there's actually a number of letters in this uh, collection concerning Connecticut. Now, Connecticut had uh, laws against birth control, and that led up to the infamous Griswold case. And both Sanger and Gamble were very much uh, against what was going on. They didn't like the law; they thought they were ridiculous. And Sanger blamed the Catholic Church. She was very, she was very anti-Christian, no, no doubt about it, especially anti-Catholic because of the stance of the Catholic Church. Now, what's interesting too, um, <clears throat> one of the early letters in, in the file from the 1939 or 38 congratulated her. Uh, from uh, Gamble was congratulating Sanger saying that uh, the Methodist Church has now come out and support birth control, and he assumed that it was her doing, that it was her influence that made this happen. And I thought, wow, isn't that something? Well, I listened to a sermon by Matthew Trewella, Trewella, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, uh, uh, in Wisconsin. And he said, up until the 1930s, every single Protestant denomination was against birth control. They believed, you know, that it was ungodly and they believed in the concept of families, be fruitful and multiply. But little by little, you know, these people were infiltrating the churches. You know, the uh, groups like the, uh, well, it became the National Council of Churches. It was called the Federal Council of Churches. And people like Sanger, you know, were very active in getting people in there. But there's a letter, there was a, this is Ed Cornish, chairman of the, arkansas eugenics association and she's writing to uh, gamble your letter came too late for me to reply by mail or even wyeth then i have set in and oh i can't read all this uh however i hardly agree with you i hardly agree with you in your position i've already written to dr dickinson and established a copy of the letter hope the situation will clear up and yes keep me posted on developments we have just established a clinic at truman arkansas Well, there are several hundred factory workers and their families. That means we now have four clinics in Arkansas, plus the Fort Smith Project, which is not really a clinic, but a place where clients are taken care of, referred by social agencies. We also hope to run a sponge and foam powder series here soon. So here they are kind of giddy, and this letter is dated 1937. And at that time, Gamble was living, uh, or the address here was Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, living in Philadelphia. So, um, and there were a number of letters like this uh, from the eugenics people. Uh, so they, in fact, I, I, they officially changed their name, the Eugenics uh, Organization. I don't know what it's called today, but they called something else. And it sounds very, I did a little research and I you know, couldn't exactly thought. Now, here's something that I thought was very interesting uh the birth control review was a publication of the um uh, of the birth control league or known as the American Birth Control League Sanger had a nazi doctor ernest rudin write an article rudin was in in charge of the sterilization program in nazi germany which uh people who had retarded uh, down syndrome or retarded uh Family members; they were sent, they were brought into these hospitals, and they never came out, they came out dead. And even in Nazi Germany, it was too much for the average um, for the average German, and they had to put a stop to it. So even in in a totalitarian country like Nazi Germany, it was too much, and they had to put a stop to it, which uh, they did, thankfully. Um, But uh, I know too; it's very interesting that there were Jewish rabbis that were members of this birth control review and I'm wondering what they thought of uh, I would love to find do a little more research to see what they had to say about it but there was a there was a little note here in the in the, the, uh, the magazine magazine was about maybe 40 pages I didn't uh, take pictures of every I could have but I would I'd still be there but they mentioned a Joseph Lee of Boston, father of the American playground system. And Joseph Lee was a big advocate of uh, child, uh, of killing uh, or, or birth control. And I'm thinking, gee, here's a guy that uh, was designed playgrounds for children. And here's Sanger lamenting that she can still hear children scree on playgrounds. And I just thought it was fascinating, just the, the hypocrisy of these people. You know, the utter hypocrisy, uh, at least to me it's hypocrisy, that, yeah, I love children, but we have too many and we need to control them. Let me hear. I know we're running out of time here, but I want to uh, – oh, uh, yeah, also uh, uh, on the uh, letterhead, uh, there's a birth control review. There's some interesting names here. One of them is a uh, Mrs. uh, Lamont. Uh, Lamont, uh, Now, Lamont – let me see here. I – Board of Directors here. Um, words, this was from Connecticut. Now Lamont was the Mrs. Lamont. A lot of ladies on the on the mastheads here, but she's actually um, the current governor. Uh, and Lamont's a of, of far leftist. In fact, uh, Lamont was uh, this particular Lamont. His dad, the the woman's husband's father. Here we go was very pro-fascist and actually lent money to Mussolini. His brother, uh Coles Lamont, was very pro-communist, but they were both leftist because of course Mussolini being a uh, being a fascist is a man of the left. And uh so it's just interesting, my friends and oh and there's a Rockefeller. There's also some letters I had here of um Rockefellers uh, that they're writing letters they're raising money for the Rockefellers and here The american birth control league you know from arkansas you see mrs edward cornish so you see the uh, eugenics movement and the birth control league were they worked hand in hand they were you know two fingers on the same hand so to speak so uh we're running out of time here folks but i do want to encourage you to visit our camp constitution's facebook page to get you can download this information yourself and i would just say spread it around um it would be so nice to see more black, more black conservatives uh, aware of this. Most, a lot of people aren't aware of this at all, even though the information is not new. And with that, I want to thank you for listening. And until next week, may God richly bless you. You've been listening to Camp Constitutional Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. heard on WBCQ The Planet.